Hello. Welcome to the Roman Reflections Podcast. Episode 1. Audio version of Caracalla, Seven, Severan Emperor of Rome. In 193, Pertinax was killed because he refused to give in to the Praetorian Guard's demands for gold. He had replaced Commodus, the guy from Gladiator, you know him. In response, the Praetorians auctioned the Empire, an act which no doubt inspires fury in modern Romatists. Didius bought out Pertinax's stepdad and became emperor only for three important governors to rebel. Claudius Albinus, which of course refers to his albino features, Albinus does. Uh, Piscinius Nigad, which of course refers to his uh, darker complexion. And Septimius Severus, or Severus, (laughs) I'm pronouncing it wrong. He was killed, uh, Didius Julianus, I mean, was killed, and Septimius then killed all of his rivals, two other people. And so now the kill count for named characters is four. It's going to get way worse. Caracalla and Geta, two brothers, they're Septimius's children. And there's a rival to them. Caracalla doesn't like this guy. He's called Plautianus. Uh, he's the Praetorian prefect for Septimius Soerus. And he strikes me as kind of like Sejanus. Of course, any good Praetorian prefect must make power plays. According to Herodian, and this is a quote, the emperor, in fact, shared the rule with no one except this man, end quote. He had been a poor man, allegedly, and had been raised in status by Septimius himself. He took the property of the condemned, by the way, so he was kind of a jerk. He was noted as being exceptionally cruel. Note, exceptionally. This is classical Rome we're talking about. Now, this man, he had a daughter, Plautilla, because he was called Plautianus, and therefore his children were probably named something similar. Uh, this is indeed Rome. Now, why did we need to talk about these people? Because Platianus marries his daughter to Caracalla, our principal actor. This was, according to the ancients, a loveless marriage, in which Caracalla not only refused to sleep with his wife, which would not be too uncommon, but to not even eat with her, and he threatened to kill her when he became the emperor. This naturally stroked the anger of Platianus. So think of Septimius like a chain binding Caracalla. Got it? Great. Let us get to Caracalla now. By the way, his name is actually a nickname. Referencing the Gallic clothes he wore. Ten Lucullus points to whoever already knew that. According to Herodian, the two brothers, Geta and Caracalla, were quote, corrupted by the luxury and vice in Rome, and by their boundless enthusiasm for shows, dancing, and chariot driving. End quote. I find it kind of unlikely Herodian, Herodian? Herodian is being honest about the extent of the pleasures Caracalla supposedly put an emphasis on. Same with Geta. But nonetheless, I don't doubt he was indeed extremely vain, given that is the tendency of those who don't work for their power. The sources state Caracalla and Geta became bitter rivals due to these petty squabbles and their natural hatred of each other. Now we're back to Plautianus. You see, he was no fool. Septimius was old and sick by now, and he knew that if or when Caracalla became sole emperor, he'd be dead. Footnote. Allegedly, the people of Rome avoided Plautianus like the plague, so he wasn't that popular like I said. Terrible guy. Soedus, by now, decided to try and curb Platianus' power, an action Platianus didn't like. Unfortunately for Soedus, Platianus concocted a plan. He called Saturninus, an officer who was highly devoted and affectionate to him, and gave him a big word salad speech, which did not happen. Here's a quick note. Every time a speech was given, is given in the sources, always take it with a teaspoon of salt, because nobody who was writing it down, the historians, they weren't there. 
And, and in a one-on-one conversation, it's even less likely. I'd say almost impossible for it to really be true. Anyways, in this conversation, he directed uh, Sergeant Saturninus to straight-up murder Caracalla and Septimius. Now, when I said that Platianus was no fool, I must have been wrong, because when Saturninus asked for a written order, he gave it to him. Yeah, seriously. Horrible idea. Incriminate yourself. Great plan, right? But in context, a written order would make the murder more legitimate, because in the words of the YouTuber Jack Rackham, if you want to get away with murder, you need the authority to call it an execution. Now, climactically, Saturninus went to the Emperor's guards and had himself brought before the Emperor with the evidence. There's another conversation that didn't happen this way, in which Caracalla was called in and accused of forging it to kill Plautianus. Nonetheless, Septimius Soerus agreed to a plan, fake his own death to catch Plautianus in the act. It worked, and Plautianus was lured into a trap and murdered. Our kill count of named characters is five. Allegedly, Caracalla ordered them to do it. Not the first time Caracalla would murder someone with Praetorians. Ooh, foreshadowing. By now, Soedrus was trying to secure his legacy and trying to mend the tumultuous relationship with his sons. Alas, there wasn't much he could do. Herodian reports Severus saying that there were plentiful resources to bribe the army, which was not true at all. Economic collapse of Rome was imminent at this point. Anyways, so Soerus decided to invade Britain because the governor of, of Britain, you know, the governor of Britannia, he sent an email in letter form to 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 Severus, asking him to come and help him because the Picts were, quote, destroying virtually everything. That's a lot of damage. Severus was ecstatic, despite his poor, poor condition, which was not suited for war at all. Regardless, he was extremely delighted, since he sought glory. And it makes me really happy to know that Severus was just really happy to go to war. What a nice guy. So wholesome. Uh, by the way, he was supposedly crippled with arthritis and had to be carried by a litter, so he didn't really go to war, but he, he kind of did. He had brought his sons with the intent to make them settle down with the military, since marriage didn't work. Severus never stayed in one place for long and was constantly on the move, despite his really poor condition. Again, makes me so happy that he was happy. The Britons were shocked that such a physically weak emperor had raised a powerful army to challenge them and asked for peace, but Severus told them to go away because he really needed this for his self-esteem. The Britons fought, uh, according to Herodian, the Britons fought naked, with iron decorations due to the metal's value on the island. Because remember, Britain's got a lot of dirty metals like lead and such, and copper, and tin, I think. I think tin, I'm not sure. The Britons thought armor was stupid, and carried a light shield, a spear, and a sword for close quarters, presumably. Not to say the Britons were stupid for doing this. They fought in the marshes and the swamps of Britain, which made armor a huge liability. Gato was placed in charge of the province in Caracula. Car- Caracula? I thought it would be funny to pronounce it like that, but I'm just going to stick with Caracalla now. Caracalla went with his father to the enemy's terrain. Of course, this was a very bad idea. Although Severus was victorious in most battles and skirmishes, the Britons always used the terrain to slip away and prevent their army from being destroyed. By 211, Severus had been confined to his quarters due to a monstrous disease. He still hoped Caracalla would take responsibility, but he didn't care about the war, and instead tried to consolidate his own power by slandering and libeling Geta, along with, presumably, bribes for the army. An unspecified time later, Severus died of the most common cause of death, not being important to the main plot line anymore. Now the kill count is six. Caracal, being only kind of a fool, quickly moved to consolidate power by murdering everybody in the court, according to Herodian. Caracal, as I speculated he was already doing, showered the officers with bribes. This didn't do much, though, since the soldiers respected Geta and refused to betray him. By May 211, they had returned to Rome and undergone a funeral for Septimius. 
Their mother tried to reconcile the two brothers with what I can only presume was the usual dribble of, But your brothers, you're in this together. I'm sure when you when you grow up, you'll regret your current enmity. Only a bit more, you know. Latin. This predictably did nothing, and the two were in constant paranoia about an assassination plot causing them to sleep and eat away from each other, despite being co-embers. I'm not exaggerating when I say that they split the Imperial Palace 50-50. Seriously, they had their own guards and would never be seen together privately. What I'm about to tell you, please take with a bottle of salt. Geta was, according to the ancients, kind and courteous, and that of course is a quote, end quote, to, to his associates, with a reasonable attitude and disposition. He was very interested in serious pursuits. What that means is yet to be defined, because that was in quotes too. I say, take this with a grain of salt, because Herodian refers to Caracalla as savage more than once. That is not something like quick-tempered, which can be objectively measured, an actual character trait, unlike savage, which can just be used as an insult, or, I guess, as a descriptor of a wild person, so I should have edited this post before I, before I read it out. <laughs> Aside from that, by now, Geta and Caracalla were determined to split the Empire to avoid having to deal with each other. They were going to split it, not like 395, but draw a line sideways to divide it with the European half going to Caracalla and the Asiatic half going to Geta. But their mother was like, dudes, this isn't cool, and sarcastically said she should be partitioned as well, and reached out for a big hug. Of course, this was their mother, so they weren't going to refuse, and they gave her a big ol' hug and agreed to abandon the project. Caracalla kept on trying to bribe the attendants of Geta, but it was all for naught. So now, he had his Praetorians rush in and straight up murder him in front of their mother. Now Caracalla decided to run through the palace, screaming like he'd escaped assassination, like a madman. Caracalla found the other Praetorians and told them he'd been attacked and he needed to be escorted to the Praetorian camp. He promptly was. According to Herodion, he dispensed with all of the money his father had hoarded in his 18-year-long rule of the empire, giving it as a bribe to the Praetorian guard. I think that's an exaggeration, but clearly it was a whole ton of money. On December 20th, he was said to have given a big speech justifying the murder of Geta, self-defense, and a deeply honorable act. Kill count is seventh now. Oh boy. Well, here's where the kill count gets really inflated. Caracalla was determined to purge everything that brought Geta joy, that which he spent time around, and everyone who was associated with him in the most minute way. No one, regardless of age, wealth, importance, innocence, or guilt, would be spared if they had been determined to be associated with Geta. Senators of wealth and status would not be spared in the purge. All of Geta's attendants, young and old, big and little, were killed. The daughter of Marcus Aurelius wept for Geta's death and would be killed. The sister of Commodus Cornificia, by now old and gray, would not be spared from the wrath of Caracalla. His own first cousin, Soerus, was not to be safe from murder. Plautilla, now in exile in Sicily, would be strangled to death. The son of Pertinax was implicated. Another sister of Commodus, Papianus, would be assassinated, along with the daughter of Lucilla, Anyone who belonged to the former royal families would be executed. So the kill count is now 14. In 213, Caracalla had emulated the past by going on a German campaign. Herodian records that Caracalla became very fond of the German peoples on the Danube and claims he took their best young men as guards and frequently donned German dress. End quote. I assume that is just slander to make him seem more foreign. Emperors in the early empire had a Germanic guard as well, and Caesar needed Germanic cavalry in the Gallic Wars which makes me not so inclined to buy into this. The Germans, reportedly, were enthusiastic about this new emperor, and so were the soldiers. He is recorded as having lived just like a soldier. If any menial labor had to be done, why did I say menial? I meant to say manual. 
if he, <laughs> oops, if any manual labor had to be done, he would not waver from his duty. I suppose that Timmy's efforts to get him into military life were success. He always marched alongside the common soldiery and was referred to comfortably as a fellow soldier rather than an emperor. He shunned the luxuries normally available to an emperor on campaign and engaged in the hardship of the men fighting under him had to engage in as well. By 215, Caracalla moved to Macedon, frequently comparing himself to Alexander the Great and allegedly, again, it's all made up, probably, it might be true, but it's probably all made up, made a unit of Macedonian phalangites. Caracalla was on the move by now again and moved throughout Asia, honoring the Greek sacred site of Troy and moving to Alexandria, stating his intent to worship the god Alexandria. Then he went there, assembled the men of the city, had them killed, and sacked it. Yeah. Now that might not be true, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. And also, a lot of people ascribe the, the motive that he's just like a terrible person. He's wanted to kill all the Alexandrians because he sucks. But as I stated before, Geta was meant to rule over the Asiatic half of the empire. He had a lot of support in Egypt. So politically, it made a lot of sense to uh, kill Alexandrians. Even though, you know, it doesn't make a lot of moral sense because it kind of makes you a douchebag. But anyways. Now he wanted the title Parthicus, conqueror of the Parthians, and sent a letter to the Parthian king stating his desire to wed his daughter. Then he murdered the wedding party. <laughs> How did the Parthian king fall for that? That's Caracalla's only move. This was in 216. Now we can talk about Macrinus. Macrinus apparently overate. He was the Praetorian prefect, by the way. Caracalla mocked him relentlessly, despite him being in charge of all the dude's bodyguards. This is why I said he was kind of a fool. He suspected that somebody wanted to seize the empire and messaged Materianus about it and asked a bunch of entrail readers and prophesizers, presumably Augers, if this was true. He suspected they wanted to flatter him and give him untrue answers, which is why he asked Materianus. Materianus in 217 told him Macrinus was trying to usurp the empire. Now Caracalla got the letter and then gave all the mail to Macrinus to go through to see if it was something urgent. He did and threw away his death sentence. Now he hires a dude named Martialis, whose brother was murdered by Caracalla, and gets him to murder the guy while he's urinating on the side of the road to Carhai. Yeah, history's pretty anticlimactic. Then the guy was cut down. 16 character deaths now. And that's the end of the story. What's the moral? Don't be mean to your bodyguards? Don't murder your brother? Don't debase the currency insanely deprive everyone into existence? Don't consistently massacre unsuspecting people because they will eventually become suspecting? Don't strangle your wife? So Caracal, pretty bad dude, huh?